episode's guest John Netzel. Metronome sound off there. Hello John, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, so we understand that you do something that we respect a lot. Definitely. Which is that you run an animal sanctuary. I, I do indeed. So I am the founder and president of Peaceful Field Sanctuary. Uh, PFS is a vegan sanctuary for farmed animals. I love the name, I love the concept. Yeah, so how did you get started on working on that wonderful thing uh, that you're doing? PFS was founded, uh, we're going into our seventh year of operation as a 501c3 nonprofit charity organization. Um, it was a, for me, it was a combination of, um, I grew up as a farm kid okay. uh, on a family fa family farm and uh, enjoyed being around animals and, you know, being, you know, kind of the rural country setting. Um, and as I, you know, became an adult, uh, became vegan, uh, that was about 17 years ago. Um, and so it just seemed like a great mission to combine how I grew up with being vegan and being passionate about um, animal issues and, um, you know, working in, in rescue work, directly saving lives. Um, and so kind of for all those reasons, chose to do a sanctuary and rescue organization that focuses on farmed animals because there just seems to be a huge need in that particular area. Okay, so when you have like, uh, when you say uh, animal rescue, how, could you go through that with us and say what, what it is you do in your animal rescue? 
how that works. Sure. Yeah, so all of the residents here at Peaceful Field Sanctuary are all rescues. They all come from um, animal agriculture. Um, so they are all going to be involved with situations of cruelty, neglect, abuse, um, exploitation, and also in instances where they were going to be you know, killed um, unless intervention you know, took place. So where, where do you get the data about that stuff going down? Oh, I used to be a PI. That's why I got to ask that question. Sure. Uh, a, a couple of sources. Um, we partner a lot with individuals that in, engage in you know, rescue work to rescue or liberate animals from uh, animal agriculture situations. Um, we also partner a lot with the governments. Um, it's usually at the county level and they will reach out to us in coordination with a cruelty case that they have where they're going to be going in and seizing the animals and um, you know removing them from the, the property um, and then charging the individuals with uh, animal cruelty and animal, animal neglect. Um, also, a lot of times the animals are found, uh, especially with the birds. Uh, so you know, it's gonna be chickens, turkeys, and ducks. They tend to fall off transport trucks pretty frequently. Oh. And uh, so look, obviously they do get beat up pretty pretty good in that process um, usually, but they're actually the lucky ones because the transport truck of course is headed to the slaughterhouse. Uh, and, yeah, that's how life is sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, right? And and that that is a very common occurrence for some reason that happens a lot um, where they do fall off and somehow get out of those crates that they're all shoved in for transport and are found on the side of the road. Um, concerned citizens will call um, and let us know so we can come and get them or they might also um, physically you know, pick them up and contact us and, our, and arrange for them to, to come to the sanctuary as well. Um, they can also get loose from the farms directly and can be found wandering around and so we will partner with um, the agencies and be able to rescue them and provide them a home as well. So awesome. Yeah, you have any questions there? Right? Well, I, I did want to say congratulations on seven years with your Thank disability. You. You're very welcome. And also congratulations on 17 years with veganism. And I'm actually right there with you, like 17, 18 years. Awesome, uh, yeah. awesome, that's great. I, I love it and I love just how be, being able to have seen how far things have grown and developed in that time period um, right. with how much is available to make veganism oh, um, yes. and plant-based diet super, super easy. I mean, it was never difficult ever, yes. but it's so easy now yes. um, that I love to see the change where you can literally walk in anywhere, including any grocery store, you know, even Walmart and buy all these um, purposefully made vegan products. Yes. And I can, I can think back and remember the time when the only vegan product we had was tofu right. and, <laughs> and, and that was it. Um, so it's pretty cool to see how far we've come and have all these options and all these choices. Yes. So there's something for everybody. Uh, and if you don't like one particular product, there's another product that you're gonna love 
and it makes it so easy for anybody new to be able to transition and you know they really have no excuse now because right. because before it could be well hey i will miss all these things and i just don't know if i have the willpower to go to completely give them up yeah. like back then of course it was cheese was um the big hurdle and there were no vegan substitutes so you just went without cheese right um now we have all these amazing different vegan cheese options so yeah. It's yeah. it's super easy. Uh, I'm I'm missing certain things since I became vegan, like seventy pounds, pre-diabetes, <laughs> metabolic syndrome. <laughs> right, right. And I'm and I'm guessing you're okay with that. You don't want you don't want those things back, right? No. <laughs> if I can avoid it. Three years ago today, I was an obese in a wheelchair with a junkie caregiver who committed identity theft. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to dis I don't want to disparage the animal rights part of it because I'm as much about that too. But there is definitely the sure. plant based health thing is also pretty legit. Yeah, and and that's great too. It's hey, you know whatever the reason is, as long as people are vegan, that's that's what really matters. And um and that took me a while as somebody that kind of came from like the ethics animal rights side. I kind of unfortunately resisted those other aspects until I had like a eureka moment. Um, and I can remember, I can remember the exact moment. Um, so years ago, um, I used to work for PCRM, uh, vegan nonprofit organization, um, predominantly from the health side that's based in DC. Right. And I had the aha moment there in the office that, you know, as long as somebody actually goes vegan, whatever the reasons, whether it's for the animals or for their health, and they are indeed vegan, it's all for the animals anyways. Yeah. So they're going vegan for the animals, whether they know it or not, and that's all that matters. Well, and hopefully they will eventually get that side of compassion. I know we talked about that. Yeah, we talk about this a lot. Yeah. And then I'm sort of unique among vegans in that I'm really the disciple of Donald Watson you know our original founder and uh he wrote on both so yeah so you know so as a, as a good watsonian I, I like to like both i see both as an integral interconnected yes definitely. yes that is, that is my position and on that the environment and yes and we need those because you know uh, whether we like it or not only a certain percentage of the world population is going to truly go vegan initially for animal rights mm. right. and the bulk of the population are probably going to need you know other reasons and most of those reasons are probably going to have to be selfish based right. yeah. and and but that's what we need because we need to get the bulk of the population to become be vegan because that's the only way to stop the Exactly. The, the treatment now, um, the animals now. are suffering yeah. under. Yeah, and yeah. right now we're in a very fortunate place because not only are our numbers expanding rapidly, mm. um, it tends exploding. to be that it's exploding rapidly among the wealthy and educated classes, to be honest. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so we're in probably in a pretty good success position now because we're expanding and it's, it's also expanding amongst people that have resources and skills right exactly yeah yeah it's quite a surreal time 
I I feel like it's just as you were saying just exploding and happening at such a quick rate it's just almost like living seeing seeing the world change before our eyes and it's literally right. what's happening I just celebrate every single day especially if you live here in Las Vegas where all of a sudden we now have 30 vegan restaurants for some reason so cool. that is wonderful yeah how, how is it there in Virginia do you guys have a lot of um, it, it depends on the area, but yes, so um, Northern Virginia, which is kind of the suburbs of, you know, Metro DC, basically, there are a lot of vegan, including, you know, 100% vegan restaurants um, in that area. Um, okay. DC itself has a lot of vegan options. Um, yeah. The sanctuary, we're um, about two hours west of DC in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So we're um, right along the West Virginia border. So we're in uh, Appalachia. Um, it is not quite so vegan friendly uh, <laughs> out, out here. However, there are um, lots of vegan options and, and things that you can get, um, whether it's, you know, um, burgers and all that type of stuff yeah. to, you know, other Asian foods and other things. Um, one thing, for example, that I love, there is a historic, very old um, tavern um, and, you know, Winchester, Virginia, which is the closest town to us, is one of the oldest towns in the state of Virginia. Um, so it dates back, you know, pretty you know, like mid 1700s. Um, wow. The tavern is extremely old um, as far as the building and everything. Um, and so it's, it's very, um, it's very blue collar. Um, and they probably almost two years ago, roughly, rolled out the Beyond Burger as an option. <laughs> and that was before it really came to a lot of other places like it is now. Yeah. And not only did they roll out the Beyond Burger, they immediately rolled it out with a vegan cheese option. They are so smart, aren't they? They are. A lot of places that are really even very vegan friendly tend to overlook that part. And I was just amazed. And it's fun to go there and, of course, you know, support that um, and also see, you know, other people enjoying it as well. Yeah. And, and so that's that's a lot of fun. That kind of brings that. up the question that I kind of had is how much resistance do you get from your neighbors? And, as far uh, as the sanctuary vegan, work, um, vegan stuff, yeah, yeah, we don't we don't get a lot of resistance um, from the folks around the sanctuary. They might not fully, you know, understand and fully get it. Um, they know, you know, that we are basically like a farm, and you know, we get the animals as far as like the rescue part, um, but you know, they fully don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of you know, the why and the animal rights aspect. Um, but they do know that we rescue farm animals and for some reason we don't, we don't exploit them, we don't kill them, we don't eat them, you know, and they and they hang out and enjoy their life. Um, for some of the folks I'm sure around, they kind of scratch their heads at that because that's kind of a, a new and different concept. Um, but uh, a lot get it as well and, and enjoy it. And love seeing the animals and, and you know, come to the sanctuary um, for events and, you know, are also helpful in the rescue aspect in, 
reaching out to us uh, okay. with an animal yeah. needs. The contact info and all that, you can just network for all that. Yeah, yeah, you, you bet. You get all the data on what's going down with the animals being this and that. What's, what's the worst animal abuse that you've had to encounter? Oh my gosh, it's, it's really hard to kind of quantify that because there's so much and then it can be difficult to say what, you know, what is worse than somebody else's experience. Um, one, one of the really uh, bad ones that also kind of makes all of us kind of scratch their heads in it, I guess would be Brownie the donkey. He was the sanctuary's second re rescue. So he's been here for quite a while and seen a lot of folks come. Um, donkeys live a very long time. So he'll see a lot more folks come and he'll probably, you know, potentially at some point see me go <laughs> because, because of their, lo their long lifespan. And he's fairly young um, for, for a donkey. Um, so he was seized with a small group of horses and they were starved. They were in a small lot that really didn't have any vegetation that was growing. So they were starved. They were denied access to water. And Brownie, on a regular basis, was electrocuted. Why? What was the reason? That's what, was so that just what sadism we put together or? is we know so Brownie has a lot of emotional trauma that he has been recovering from over the years, and he's getting better. Um, he's not required um, to get better, so it's you know at his own pace and his own time. If he you know is healing from that from interaction with us and the other equine that's awesome and he has come a long ways um he's still very skittish and shy especially around humans um and we noticed right away that he had a problem when he would go to drink water mm. out of the water troughs and that is it would take him a really long time that he would approach it very cautiously and back away and get spooked and go back and forth for a very long time before he would actually take a drink mm -hmm. and it would be very quick and he would run off. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how we, in conjunction, were able to put together with the situation that he came from between that behavior and with equine specialists um, and some physical um, trauma and everything that, that he had that was old, that what apparently was going on is the individuals that were quote unquote caring for these animals initially um, would obviously have to provide at least occasionally a little bit of water to keep them from dying. Yeah. And so they would do that very sporadically and rarely for some reason that none of us here at PFS has been able to really understand the mentality thought process of in a small degree, they favored the horses that they were neglecting and being incredibly cruel to to more than brownie the donkey and so when they would provide a small amount of water on a very rare basis they would electrocute brownie to keep him away from the water oh my goodness that so that terrible. the horses could drink and that is why then brownie naturally associates drinking water with intense cruelty and pain yeah. and he's thus skittish and shy and hesitant over 
getting a drink of water, even to this day. Wow. That's horrible. That the, and, and did these people, that, did this ever face charges or? That I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if they did actually face any charges and if they were brought to them and they you know, fully went to court with it. I am not clear on that. That does happen in quite a few of the cases. Unfortunately, farmed animals, which legally are termed as livestock, don't have the same protections as a lot of other animals like companion animals and exotics. Yeah. So there, there aren't all the cruelty regulations in place to protect them. So it takes a lot before um, the government, usually it's county in Virginia, uh, animal control is a part of our sheriff's department. So they are actually full-fledged sheriff officers, which from our end as the sanctuary is amazing and, and a good thing. Yeah. Uh, because they can carry the full weight, whereas in some states, animal control is a separate division, and they are not actually law enforcement officers. So they're, what, what they can do legally then is very limited. Here, they are sheriffs. Um, they can throw you so for, they, could, they could pull you over for speeding and all that, you know, anything else any other sheriff can do, right. they can do. They have to focus on, you know, the animal side of things. And, it, I, and I, it's so exciting because animals are gaining more and more rights every day because yes. of vegans that fight for them. And, yes, um, yep, exactly. So exactly. We're trying to increase and, and, and work on those aspects, the legal side of things, and, and try, especially for farmed animals, to raise that up so that they're so it's even and fair with the other kinds of animals. Absolutely. Uh, well, that's, a, that's always an issue is that people will be very concerned about cruelty towards dogs, but will ignore, you know, a pig or a chicken or... Yeah. Yes, exactly. There, there's a huge gap and a huge double standard. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, like people, no, I don't care. But if somebody does care, if somebody is, you know, if somebody's beating a dog, um, you know, in the middle of the street, you call animal control, they're probably going to show up right away and they're going to intervene and they're going to do something, you know, about it. With farmed animals, if you saw somebody doing that to, say, you know, some cattle and you called animal control, they're probably not even going to show up or do anything. And they'll probably just tell you that there's nothing they can do because there's no legal protection for that and that. You know, it's private property, and that individual, quote unquote, owns them as livestock, where they're, they're legally looked at as, you know, a thing, an item, and not a living being that they are. And so they're not going to do anything unless there's a long history of it and it gets bad. That's usually where they will finally step in. It reminds me of of slavery back you know when we had slavery and and um people of color didn't have any rights they were seen as just property just like uh, like or, or, or yeah. human victims of human trafficking sure, in South consciousness i feel an evolution of enlightenment and i wanted to say this earlier like when you were talking about um john when you were talking about um 
the but I lost my train thought. Oh, like when people go vegan for whatever reason it may be, it still helps the animals. And I feel like yes, absolutely, because it stops the abuse now, immediately. However, the compassion is very important and, and I hope and do think it is necessary that that happens because um, in order for us to reach that level of, of com compassionate enlightenment and um, not just for ourselves but for the whole world, um, you know, um, going for, toward world peace, I'm, I'm big on that. Yeah, right. Good point. Or at very least, uh, I, I mean, well, Watson actually said that being a vegetarian won't necessarily make you a more peaceful person. And also you have cultures, you know, Vedic India was like lacto-vegetarian, but they still had wars. But I don't know about... If they're lacto-vegetarian, though, they're not seeing the whole picture, right? Like they're not seeing... Well, that was like what I'm talking about is historically... Historically, though, the cows were not like cows in India. They had, like cows were worshipped in India, uh -huh. so it wasn't like the same treatment as you know. So the cows were actually treated decently better. well, much better, better than we would yeah. today. But those kind those vegetarian cultures still have wars. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like if you but, you, could, but, you cannot put a certain thing in your mouth, but if you don't inside um, reach that level of compassionate. Um, enlightenment where you're like I see you you know a fish or a turkey or a donkey or whatever it may be and I I see that you have value other than what you can give to me you know what I mean yeah no I would agree with that I just, I just um, I'm not quite as optimistic about world peace breaking out but I think we could gain us I think we'll be a while where our society where you know, animal byproduct could be like drugs where it's a black market for some time. Are you there, John? Yes. And, and I think that actually brings up a good point as far as um, the personal connection uh, with even the animal side. And that is a great opportunity that rescues and sanctuaries can directly be involved in when you have events and you are open to the general public coming and visit where they can make that connection with the animals because a lot of individuals have never actually seen a chicken or a turkey or a pig right. or or a cattle before and it is only a abstract thing that they come across in a restaurant or the grocery store you know, that's in this packaging, you know, and, and, and everything. Yeah. So when they are able to interact and meet a chicken and, you know, see that they're a living being, yeah. uh, see that they have unique properties, um, they, you know, they don't all look the same. They all have personalities. They all, you know, look, look differ from each other. Yeah. And they have all these aspects that people also have. So, so that's a point. cool way to make the connection and everything so you'll have some say we'll just you know have to staying with chickens as an example you'll have some chickens that are very social and want to interact with the, with you as a human mm -hmm. and you'll have other chickens that are wary you'll have you know some that are really nice 
and some that can be a little on the mean side. Just like and, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that's what I love about it. Those are all things that people have in common with all these animals. And by interacting with them, you get to see and recognize that. And it's and have this moment where it's, oh, they're not all like robots mm -hmm. where they're all identical and they're, you know, emotionless right. and, and things of that nature. And they feel just like me. Right. Yeah. Well, so exactly. The other thing is, I think people are, well, there's two sides of it. Well, if people think that they're not animals, which is sort of funny. Like they're not actually humans, yeah. Like, well, they think, we humans think that our nervous system is widely different from other vertebrate, and it actually kind of isn't. Right. Like, like we think that we are not ruled by instinct. I beg to differ, you know? Yeah. But really, for animals, they would only have to have two traits in common with us, the ability to perceive pain and the ability to perceive fear. And, like uh, Peter Senior says, Exactly. Yeah, Peter, I'll let you go now. Thanks for contributing Wait. your time. Well, sure. please, please give yourself and Brownie a big Las Vegas hug from us. Yep, lots of luck from Vegas for Brownie.